If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM, let's create. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. So, so, so excited to have Julie Solomon on my podcast. We have known each other. We were just talking before we recorded, like, what, 10 years? Yeah, at least. Yeah. Because I knew you with your first marriage. We were neighbors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yep. I wish we would have pursued that friendship more when we lived in the same neighborhood. Because I, I feel like I got to know you right when we both were, like, moving out of the neighborhood or something. Yeah, I think so. We were both kind of going through a lot personally. And then you you left. You went to Austin. I left. I went to L.A. And then here yes. we are. You divorced. I broke up with Michael. We both, that neighborhood, I'm like, don't move into that house. Everyone who lived in our house broke up. <laughs> like if you want to have a quarter life crisis, go live in that neighborhood. Go live in that neighborhood. And then you'll really have to come face to face with all the shit that's coming at you. Yeah. But, oh, Julie, what you have done with your life and your mind and the way you have expanded yourself into this just magnet for greatness. You have this book out, which it was not, it's not out yet. It's coming out, right? Or yeah, is it, it comes out? out June, June 7th. So by the time people are listening to this, it may be out June 7th, audiobook, hard copy, wherever books are sold, it will be there. And it's called get what you want, how to go from unseen to unstoppable. Okay. So there's so much, so much, so much I want to talk to you about because I sent you a voice memo this morning because I've been like reading your book and rereading your book. And I like literally have like every page is like highlighted or book eared. I'm like, this is such a gift to women. I mean, men too, but I'm going to focus on women because that's your focus too. Uh, women who are wanting to become 
entrepreneurs and who really have a fire in them to uncover their purpose, to get beyond their limiting stories. And what you did in this book is you put, you put it in a timeline for me, which I needed because like, I love, I interview so many people and I absolutely love hearing stories. And I love hearing how people have shattered their own limiting beliefs and how they have figured out their purpose, use their passions to, um, to get there and live this life of their dreams against the odds. But what you did that is so unique to me, that is so helpful as someone who is trying, I am in a big crisis right now, personally, of trying to figure out my purpose. And I actually think I came up with my vision statement last night because of your book. <laughs> amazing. And tons of, tons of therapy to get through. I had an all day therapy session on Thursday and I went through like mm-hmm. all of my origin story, all of everyone in my life. And I came to this giant realization that everybody is just a broken human doing the best they can. And once you can understand the stories and the lies that you've been living in, that you've told yourself, then you can do what you said, which is you have all these strategies and like road block road marks along the road to get to your purpose. And the beginning is uncovering your origin story. And to do that, you have to, there's the three A's and talk about those. I'm gonna let you talk about it. Cause I'm so new at this. I'm going to get it all wrong, but it's like, it's so helpful. So what you, wh- but what I want to say, and I want you to kind of talk about the process of this whole journey to get to your purpose. You put names and like labels and like hard facts with these spots along everyone's journey to get to your purpose, which a lot of times people have this flowery story about their own journey, but they don't really give you anything you can hang on to. Like there's not like a, Mm. there's not like a workbook type thing that can tell you, okay, this is what's happening. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to uncover. This is how you do it for you Mm -hmm. to advance to the next stop on your road to your purpose. So that's what you do. And then you give so much, just incredible, hard earned knowledge that you have found on your own. And you just pour it into this book. It is the best how to guide to uncover your purpose and go through all the steps that I have ever seen in my life. And anyone who is trying to find their purpose, this is like a book of secrets right here that you have just gifted to us. Mm, Thank you so much, Caroline. And just thank you for for connecting to it. And, and really, I just hope that you're, you're giving yourself a pat on the back. Cause this is not really easy stuff. I mean, it's not <sighs> that the book is like this Bible textbook that's hard to get through, but it, it can be very resistant for people. Even the idea, even the title, get what you want. I've actually had, um, I was talking to somebody over the weekend that had shared to somebody else that she was reading an early copy of the book. And they were like, kind of like disgusted. They were like, why would you read a book like that? get what you want. And she was kind of like, well, what should I be reading? How to not get what I want? Like, but it's, you know, I think that we're so hardwired and programmed to stay small, to compromise, to not shine, to not be seen, to not, you know, to humble to, to the point of our own detriment that, you know, for someone to come out and be like, go get what you want. It's possible. You're possible. You can do it. Here's the framework. Here's the steps for a lot of people. They're just going to immediately write that off and be like, no, that's wrong. That's bad. That's gross Mm. because it, 
it immediately spots, shines and spots a light on the limitations that we have in our own lives. And if we're not really ready to suit up and show up and face those limitations, then we're not going to be able to connect with the steps in the story. So I just want to applaud you for being ready to be open, to crack yourself open to all of this, because it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. Oh, it is not easy. Like I have, I literally went to an all day therapy session on Thursday and I booked Mark like the purpose section. Cause you do workbook sections in here. Like by the end yeah. of it, like you're like, okay, now your turn. And I couldn't answer. Like I still haven't answered the questions because I'm like, I'm like, it's so hard. It, like you said, it, it's easy in theory, but like when you actually are trying to uncover your true purpose, and your true why you're doing something and like put it in a sentence, you know, like a one liner for your whole purpose, which I feel like you need to get it down to. Right. And that is hard to do. And yeah. And it takes a lot of self-reflection and a so lot of people much. don't want to do that. It's like the work. They don't want to do the work. And I tried to lay it out. The way that my brain works is that if I have a, a formula or a method or a step-by-step to something, I'm my ability to actually achieve it, finish it, accomplish it is going to be far greater yes. than this just like ethereal concept of yes. something that I yes. can't tangibly hold on to. Yes. So that's why I, you know, I set it up pretty much every single chapter has like a study got at the end of it, almost, almost every chapter. Um, it is very methodical. It does kind of go, you know, I start you with the origin stories, which we can talk about. And then it's like, once you really uncover and unlock all the things that are holding you back, you're aware of those things. You can start to accept your part to play with, to play in it. Then you go into the action piece, which is just like, okay, now what am I going to do about this? How can I how can I get to that, to the other side so I can start getting what I want in life? So the and, thing that like um, with the origin story, I want to like hop back to that really fast because I yeah. feel like a lot of people think that you're just born into a life. I mean, and I too, me feel, I feel this way too. You're born into a life. You're born into circumstances. You're born into your birth order. You're born into all of these things. And then that is just who you are. People think that this is who I am and there is nothing I can do to change it. And also you covered something that was hit me so hard. I think her name was Nicole. Was that the story about Nicole where her, she was born into a family of her grand, her grandmother had to get into prostitution because she was a single mom and couldn't make way. And then her mom was also a single mom at like 15 and Nicole started becoming successful, but she felt so guilty to embrace success because her origin story says you need to struggle, that you need to have all of this, like you need to feel all this heavy weight and you shouldn't shine. And I feel like that we carry so much of our origin story with us forever. If we don't ever have someone like you make it aware to us that that is not who we are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is so hard to get past that. Like I am almost 40 and I'm just now getting past my origin story. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we can just start there. Your origin story. And, and I, st- I start the book off with sharing, you know, I've had a lot of rock bottom moments. One of them was where I was hiding credit card debt from my husband and he found it out. And, you know, in the moment of that, it was over $30,000. I had a lot of, because a lot of things from my origin story. So like delusion, denial, perfectionism, um, you know, thinking that I could figure it out, thinking it would just go away, thinking, you know, 
that since I wasn't good with money and I wasn't good with numbers, I couldn't figure out how to, you know, I could make a lot of money, but I would spend it faster than I can make it. Just a lot of these complexities. But I didn't see any of that at the time because I hadn't identified any of that. But the the one thing that happened in that moment when my husband found out that I was hiding credit card debt and he was so confused and sad. I mean, obviously it's like I've been lying to the one person in my life that I love the most. We have a son. My husband starts freaking out being like, oh my gosh, who is this like insane person that I married? Does she have some kind of like, you know, spending addiction or something like that? (laughs) Secret life. (laughs) Right. Secret life. What's happening. And the only thing that I could really think about in that moment was why am I so afraid to be, to be honest, to be Mm. honest about money, to be honest about you know, my relationship with money and my understanding, you know, just being honest. Why am I so afraid to be honest about not being perfect? And that really set me off on a path to uncover, you know, my origin story and really what an, what I think an origin story is. And it kind of comes from like the Marvel DC comic book world. Like every superhero has this origin story. Yes, and, yes. You know, this like, you know, it's it's like Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey, right? We all like go on this path of, of having to kind of discover and it always like kind of brings us back to who we are, just who we're really meant to be. And so I define an origin story. We all have one. They're all unique to us. It is basically the stories, beliefs, uh, systems, ways of upbringing, even like religion can play a part in this, that shape the way that as adults, it shapes the way we see the world. It shapes the way we experience the world. It shapes the way that we have relationships. It's, it shapes the way we communicate with other people in the world around us. It, it are, there are these beliefs and stories that were either told to us or that we have chosen consciously or, or unconsciously to adapt in our own lives that make up the reality that we live in today. And so if your origin story is one with no limitations and pure abundance, then awesome. You're, you're <laughs> congratulations. You're right. <laughs> but if your origin story is one like mine and so many others, you know, maybe you're not like crazy like I was and you're you're not hiding $30,000 of credit card debt from your husband, but maybe you have this origin story that you have to suffer to succeed that yes, you never I have. have this. I relate to you so much. This it was mine too. Suffer to succeed. You're never enough. enough. Yes. Scarcity. There's yes. there's never enough to, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. So I had this really kind of weird understanding about money because I never grew up with a lot of it to begin with. So I wasn't learning about money and finances and savings. There wasn't any money to learn about those things. Um, you know, I also had this this origin story belief that the more that I, you know, please people, the more that people liked me, the more that I, you know, did whatever anyone else wanted me to do and just kind of showed up as they wanted me to show up, then I would be validated. Then I would be worthy. I relate to that so much. You said something too. I have all these quotes for me. You're like, we just keep trying on masks until we find the one that works enough for most people to like us. We get affirmation and acceptance, but at what cost? And I feel that way too. Like, I feel like I've tried on so many masks for so long and I finally have chiseled together this personality that I feel like super likable. People really like me. Um, I can get along with anyone. I don't have any bad energy with anyone. But at the same time, I'm like, I hit this wall where I'm like, who am I? Like, what, what am I, what is my purpose? Like, sure. People like me and I don't have conflict with anyone, but like at the same time, like, what am I going for? That's, I think that's what's hitting, what's hitting me has been hitting me so hard. And why I'm so thankful that this book came into my life from you because it's like, what are, why am I trying to please all these people for what? (laughs) 
Right. And that's, and that's really when it's like, you know, even this weekend, my son, something happened with my son and he was saying, he told, we have a little girl and, and, and like most big brothers do, he was poking at her and picking at her and she fell down and she started crying and we called him out for it. Cause we caught it. And he just, and I just said, Camden, why, why don't you want to be honest with me? And he goes, well, I'm just so afraid of getting in trouble. So even at eight years old, he is already creating a story that like, oh no, if I get in trouble, something bad is going to happen that I can't recover from. So it's better to lie and cover up Mm. than it is to show my true self because I'm so afraid of not being perfect or I'm so afraid of getting in trouble. And so Mm -hmm. it's a great reflection as parents that we need to walk him through like, Yes, what you did is is wrong and you have to pay, you know, some some repercussions for that, but you're not wrong and we don't want you to be perfect. You know, we want you to show your flaws and be able to admit those flaws because that is what's going to allow you to really show up in the world and have the kind of life that you want. And so I think that no matter what it is for anybody, we all have these stories that we make up and tell ourselves and what ends up happening to a lot of us is that we start using these origin stories to define our current reality. Mm. And what this causes is a perpetual state of victimhood. So break that down. How do we use these stories to define our current reality? So for example, if I say, you know, it's not enough, it's never enough. Well, then I can't do anything to change that because I'm choosing to believe that, you know, no matter what I do, I'm never going to make enough money or no matter what I do, I'm never going to be able to have the success that I want in life or no matter what I do. So then the solution to your problem somehow is like out there it's not inside you and and there and then if it's not inside you that means that you can't actually change your own circumstances so it actually puts us in this perpetual state of victimhood because what we're basically saying is i'm not capable of getting myself to the other side of this i don't have the tools i you know it's you know getting what i want isn't possible for me it's only possible for him her or them and we so we start creating these false narratives that then just all it does the payoff is that it means that we just keep getting more of what we don't want and then we can keep playing the victim of well there's nothing that i can do about it it just is what it is no matter what i do nothing changes well nothing's changing because your thoughts about what's happening in your life isn't changing and it all starts your beliefs create your thoughts your thoughts create your feelings your feelings create your uh, your emotional reactions and responses to things and then those are what ultimately create your results so if you want to change your current reality you have to start with the belief system that you're making up and telling yourself and a belief is just a thought that you're thinking over and over and over again. That's right. It and it gets, we, it gets like dialed in even stronger when we have these beliefs from the people that we put on, on a pedestal, like, you know, like authority figures in our life, parents, people who have our coaches, influences, like all these people in our lives who as children, because I feel like so much of our origin story is shaped like when we're children, right? Isn't the, isn't Absolutely. it? Yeah. Well, and then, and I'll give you a great example. It's, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day that was like, she's wanting to move out of LA, but she keeps making up all these excuses. Oh, it's just going to be so hard. I don't know if my husband's going to be able to find a job. And I'm like, do you really want to move? Because you are really like advocating for all the reasons not to move right now, but you're sitting here just complaining about it, but you're not willing to really do the action that's needed. It's like, there's always what, what defining your origin story and getting to the root of it does is that it reminds you that we have the power of choice and we have the, we are not limited 
to our own perpetual state of chaos and we feel like we're born born into or that we've just inherited. Right. Well, that's just the way that it is. You know, yes. I just have to keep in this horrible nine to five job that I don't like for the rest of my life and be miserable because that's just the way that it is. Or, you know, I'm. it's not possible for me to make more money if that's what I choose, because that's just the way that it is. Or I just have to stay in this relationship when I clearly don't love this person because that's just the way that it is. And I don't have a choice. Yes. And you I do have, have all this responsibility and I have kids and I have a mortgage and I have payments and I have all this stuff. And it makes sense. Like it totally makes sense. Like I have so much responsibility. I have other lives to take care of. It's not just about me anymore, especially like if you get to the place where you are like a parent or something, you know, and it's like, how can you get out of it? Because it's like, I can't get out of it. I don't, people feel like I don't have any skills. I've been doing this my whole life. This is the only thing I know how to do. I, like I, maybe I have a purpose, but I don't even know what my purpose is. I don't even know how to find it. Purpose. And see, all of those things are just stories. Yeah. And then they're like, well, purposes are for the people who are like, you know, who have all this money and free time and were born into privilege. They can go find their purpose because they have time for it. Right. Right. And we can just create, but like something you said in this book is what it takes to get what you want is zero, 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 zero. You mentioned that, like (laughs) explain that because you're working with women of all ages all walks of life, all different levels of responsibility in their life. And you say the starting point that you need to have is zero, 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 zero to what you want in life. Yeah. So, and I, I'm, I actually use, I, I was talking to my girlfriend, Susie, she's in the book. My friend Susie Moore is a great example. Susie grew up in, um, in the foster care system with, well, kind of in halfway houses and stuff with her mom and her sister in the UK. She had no money. She had a a father who was a, you know, drug addict, alcoholic. Mom had a lot of mental health issues and her dream was to live in America. And when she was a little girl, she's like, how am I even going to get there? Like I, I live in shelters in the UK with no money. Um, she was telling me a story about how when she was little, she went to the grocery store and she always wanted um, she like the yogurt that comes in like the pack of six. She always wanted a strawberry yogurt and they could never afford it. And so filing one day, she had saved up enough money to get some strawberry yogurt. So she goes over and she doesn't realize that you have to buy them in a pack of six. So she just pulls one out. She takes it up to the register and the woman's like, I'm sorry, but you have to you have to buy the whole pack. You can't just buy one. And her mom's like, well, we can't afford that. You have to put it back. And it was just like just this. She just wanted this. <laughs> one piece of yogurt. But Susie is one of like, she has no college degree, no background. Since then, she has gone off to live in Australia. Then she moved to New York City. Now she lives in Miami, Florida. She has this thriving business as a life coach. She has been featured Good Morning America Today show. Oprah has gotten more media than anyone that I know and has no accreditation, no background, no quote unquote expertise. She literally built it by believing it was possible and taking the steps necessary to get there. That is amazing. It's amazing. And it's one of many that I think we, it is, it is so much easier to, to fall victim to our origin story because the payoff is that we really don't have to show up in our own lives. And that's a lot easier. Not showing up in your life is a lot easier than showing up. So what does that look like not showing up in our lives? So like when we are falling victim to our origin story, what does that look like when we are not showing up? Um, Saying yes when we mean no, Mm. doing something that we don't want to do, staying in a job or in a relationship that doesn't light us up, um, you know, staying in this kind of safe, compromising, you know, type of mentality. 
Um, I see it a lot with women kind of tapping themselves out financially. Um, you know, a lot of women that I know that want to thrive and want to create these businesses, but they tell themselves that their husband is the breadwinner. And so his desire goals and dreams have to come before theirs. Um, that's another way of doing it. There's so many ways in which we can do it. And it really all depends on what your origin story is and how it shapes and defines you and what ways are you using it to kind of stay a victim? So you don't have to be responsible ultimately for the results that you're getting in your life. Because it's so much easier to say, well, it's not my fault that this is happening to me. It's because of this, or it's because of that, or it's because of him, or it's because of her. And once we point the blame outward, then we take our hand, we say like, well, then we can't do anything about it because, you know, we're not the ones in charge. Mm. And so by the first step is really the awareness of it. And I talk about the three A's in the book and I can kind of walk through those um, because I think they're really important with, with any kind of dysfunction, challenge, thing thing that you want in your life to change, these tools will help you get there. The three A's, they stand for awareness, acceptance, and action. The first one, awareness, is basically just the identification that there is some problem, some resistance, some traumatic event that you keep you know, falling victim to, some dysfunction in your life that exists that needs to change. That's all that it is, is becoming aware of this. This does not serve me. I don't want this in my life anymore. I don't I, like it. I, I love aware. that you say, notice it in your body. Where do you feel it in your body? I feel mine in my stomach. I get this nauseous gut feeling. I feel like my gut's tangled. I feel nauseated. I feel like just so queasy and like unsettled. And I feel like I might die. (laughs) Yes. And that's the other thing too. So many people are so disembodied and so disconnected from their bodies that they're not, the body is always giving us signals all the time. I usually get a knot in my throat. I'll even have something For me, if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. Mm -hmm. And my body knows that immediately. If I'm, if someone asks me to do something and it's like, if I'm like, "Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, my body's like, no, 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 no. You know? Yes. But when you're not aware, when you don't allow yourself, we don't give yourself just 2.5 seconds to just take a breath and like feel into this and ask yourself, do I want this? Do I want, you know, it could be as simple as like, you know, somebody asking you like, Hey, what do you want for dinner? And you're just like, Oh, I'm cool. Whatever, 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 whatever. Days go by years go by for years. You've just been saying, Oh, whatever you want. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I don't care. But really it's like, no, you want sushi. You want pizza. You want Mexican. Like you have, you know what it is that you want, but you're not expressing it and you're not advocating it. Your body is going to start to tell you those things. So it could be as simple as like you not just being clear about what it is that you want for dinner, or it could be something as monumental as I don't want to be in this job anymore, or my spouse wants to have kids and I really don't want to have kids, but I keep telling my spouse that I do want to have kids because I'm afraid of what it's going to mean if I tell them that I don't want to have kids or, you know, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore, or I want to move and I'm Mm. afraid to admit that I want to move, whatever those things may be for somebody. So awareness is, is key. And your body will give you those, those triggers. Those and moments. I love too, that you say a great way to find this awareness is to just journal, like dump your thoughts, mm-hmm. just like dump it all out. Like kind of have a full blown conversation with yourself through journaling, which the reason why this is such hard work is it takes so much work to do this. Like to do all of this stuff, you have to commit, you have to really deep dive into yourself and find 
a, like a method to follow and you have to yeah. do the work. It's yeah. exhausting. Yes, it can be, but <laughs> it's a amazing. It easier. Yes. Yeah. It's That's amazing. why like your method is like, oh my God, there's a method here. I, I, okay. There's steps to follow. Well, and that's what I say with any kind of formula, like whether you're wanting to recover something in your personal life or you're wanting to figure out some kind of new business opportunity for yourself. I think about it like baking a cake. Like if I don't have a recipe for a cake, you know, I could go to the store and get some things and throw them together. And hopefully I have enough eggs. Hopefully I have enough flour. Hopefully I have enough sugar. But the likelihood of it coming out being like, mm, this is the best cake I've ever had. It's, it's going to be far less likely than if I, you know, go online and like look up, you know, the best recipe for chocolate cake ever and go and get that exact formula. Yeah, I can add my own flair to it. Maybe I add some cinnamon or maybe I don't put as much dark chocolate in it as it says, but the foundation is there for me to have something to go off of. That cake is going to be far better and far more delicious than the one that I try to like piecemeal together. Yes. So I think that having a formula and a method, like, yes, you still have to show up and cook, like bake the cake. (laughs) Yeah, do it. You have to do it. You have to put the, you have to go, go get the ingredients, put the ingredients in, bake it, time it, get it out. But it's worth it if you have the right method in place. I think for me, it makes it easier. Okay. So so you have awareness. Yeah. Awareness. The second tool is acceptance. Now this is usually the most challenging one, the most uncomfortable one out of the three A's and the one that people try to avoid the most, because this is where we have to come to the reality and to the grip, to the grips of the idea that, This problem isn't all of me, but it is a huge part to play. Like it's a huge part of me and it began with me and it ends with me. And I am a hundred percent responsible of accepting my reality as it is now. Like this is a piece to the puzzle of my life that no longer fits and it has to be removed. And it is not anybody else's responsibility to remove this puzzle piece but me and me alone. And that so goes with like accepting trauma that's happened to you and owning absolutely. it, right? Like you have absolutely. to, like, whereas before it's like, well, it gets so easy to play the victim and just live in all the shame of the trauma that we've had. But it's like, this is the place where it's like, you got to buck up and figure out how to own it. Yeah. And that's, I call it radical acceptance in the book because it is, it is this radical ap- approach to you showing up as, as a, as an active participant in your own life and everything that you're getting back to. And I'll, you know, a great example is my husband is a sexual abuse survivor. And for years, he kind of blocked it out, which a lot of abuse survivors do. They they completely block out the memory because it's, it's, it's a mechanism of how we show up and cope and survive. Once he was able to remember that and started to do a lot of work, he had to make the decision, okay, I'm aware that this happened to me. And I'm also aware of all of the things that I have done in my life, my own addictive patterns and all the trauma that I have actually perpetuated in my life because this happened. Now can I accept that this happened to me, but it is not all of me. It doesn't Mm. define who I am. It was just a part of my life. And now I no longer want to fall victim to this. So now I'm going to start taking the necessary action and the healthy steps moving forward to not let this rule my life anymore. So it's kind of like, if you think about one of those motorcycles with the side seats, it's like, you know, if you're falling victim to your origin story, your origin story is in the driver's seat and Uh, you're in the side seat. 
So it's about switching it. It's oh. not that we're getting rid of the origin story. Because you can't. Putting it, you can't. But we're just putting it in the passenger seat. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to kind of take the wheel here. And, and even to us, I mean, when we get into the action, and I talk a lot about, you know, a lot about acceptance is also giving it over. Like, this is what I can control, and this is what I can't control. Right. This is my part to play in it. This was not my part to play in it. This is what I have power over. This is not what I have power over. And what we don't have control or power over is always other people, places, and things. <laughs> like, yes. we cannot control other people, places, and things, but we can control ourselves, our reactions, our responses. So that's acceptance. It is the most important piece to the three A's. It's often the most challenging one. But if you can do that, then you get to go into the third and final one, which is action. And that is just simply the plan that you get to implement and put in place to start to recover and restore so many things in your life that might have been lost because of the original dysfunction, because of the origin story. So this is where you're able to start. And for some people, for the first time ever, they're able to start to bear witness and understand what it means to have confidence, to have self-esteem, to advocate for themselves, to be the leader in their own lives, to have hope, to have faith, to have balance, you know, to, to not be, you know, that's a big thing for moms. Moms love to fall. And I'm a mom, so I can, I'm, I've been here too. We love to fall victim to overwhelm. And it's like, so we're sitting here saying like, this is happening to us. No, we rose our hands and said, we wanted to be moms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we actively participated in being moms. We wanted mm -hmm. to be moms, but here we are falling victim to this, to this origin story that, oh, it's so challenging. It's so overwhelming. We can't get what we want because now we're moms and we have to put, it's like, no, we just have to accept there's going to be seasons in, in parenting and motherhood. And like, like right now I have an eight year old and a 20 month old, like I'm in the trenches right now. I'm changing diapers. I've got a little baby that's running around like crazy. And so, you know, there's a part of me that could have said, well, I can't write a book. I have a baby. Of course you can't you know, write a I, book right I, now. Like that's right. crazy. I, I can't market a book. I have a baby. And for some people that may, that may be true. You know, maybe they can't do it right now in this moment, but we don't just fall on the sword and say that our life is over. It's like, no, I'm going to do the best that I can. Have I been able to do everything perfectly with this book? No, because I have a baby. But have I been able to take it day by day, accept what is, I, I accept the fact that I have a 20-month-old in diapers that needs me. I also accept the fact that I have a job and I have people that depend on me and I have a book that's coming out. And I just accept that I am going to do the best that I can with what I have and most importantly, go easy on myself in the process. That's oh. when we don't fall victim. I'm just what is, is enough. And I'm going to go easy on myself in the process. And I know that this is just a season and this too shall pass. And then once she's a little bit older, it's going to change the dynamic and the time and space that I have to do things. And then I'm going to be able to show up in different ways and it's all good. Right. So it's, a, it's okay to have those feelings. Don't shame or guilt yourself for the feelings, but don't let those feelings completely overtake your actions or your ability to show up in whatever way that you can today to get what it is that you want. And that could be, that's so relative to each and every person. So that's where the action is so important is, is not falling victim to the things that we don't want, but really stepping into more of what we do want. And so I think that, you know, a great question that I love to ask myself when I, when I have those moments of having a hard time accepting things is like, do I want to be right? Or do I want to be happy? Mm. Mm. You know, because that yes. that puts me in that that gives me the clear direction on what action to take next. 
do I want to be right? And am I going to just like fight for being right? Um, or it's like, do what I, t- for, just for today, would I rather live in an environment that's filled with, in- that's filled with anxiety, chaos, overwhelm, frustration, excuses, or one that's filled with, you know what? Today is as it is. I can't change it. It is what it is. And I'm just going to learn to go easy on myself today, step into what, what would peace look like today for me? If I can't change the fact that X, Y, and Z are happening. Except, and that goes back to acceptance. And like that goes back to acceptance. Yes. And then, and then we get a choice and the choice is action. That's what action gives us. It gives us the ability to choose. Okay. Am I going to choose to just be like, ah, nothing's going my way. Or am I choosing to say, you know what, today is what it is. And so I'm going to just choose to just roll with it, have a little bit of flow and peace. Maybe. And do you see the extremes with that too? Like we can get so insane and dramatic. Like we should all go to ho- Hollywood and just start writing movies. Cause like the horror stories that we create up like in our heads about like all of this chaos that's happening, but it's all a choice. Like it's we're all a think. choice. We're choosing to focus on those things. Like and I all can't goes, change the yeah. fact that my daughter's 20 months old and she's in a diaper and she needs me right now. Exactly. But, but I can change how I think about that. And it all goes back to this process, this method of identifying our origin story, coming up with acceptance for it, then coming awareness, acceptance and action because, and that goes to like a day by day thing. And you did something too, where you like check yourself on a daily basis where it's like you do the three A's in like in a daily situation. Don't you like you apply it on the daily? How do you apply it on the daily? So say, say you have a big day of interviews or something for your book and your daughters get sick. So like, yeah. now, now what do you do? Yeah. So my first step there would be, um, I'm aware that my daughter is sick and I'm also aware that I have a full schedule today. Um, then I would go, okay, well, the next thing would be support. Is there, are there people around me that can support me right now? Um, you know, is my husband home and in town? Like, can we tag team? You know, that would, and th- that kind of more goes to action, but it's, I would start thinking about just being aware of like, other people, places and things that may have a part to play in this. So I'm aware that she's sick. I'm aware that I have a lot to do today. So now I'm going to accept. And if it was just me that could only take care of her, then I would go into acceptance. I'm going to accept that I have to now reschedule my day because my daughter needs me and I'm not going to give my, myself a hard time about it. Do you I'm let yourself lose. be upset about it for a second? Like, is there a moment where you're like, frick? I hate this. I get, I will get a little frustrated that then I have to spend energy like rescheduling everything. Yes. But I also have to catch myself of like, that's not useful energy. Right. Cause this is the way it is. It's going back to something. She is sick and that is my top priority over everything. So here I am. And let's just act like there's no husband. There's no mom. There's no, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's just, there's me and baby. That's it. So I have a choice. Like I could say, well, she's just going to have to sit in the other room and cry while I do my work. Or I could reschedule my work and go be with my daughter. I'm going to choose to reschedule the work and go be with my daughter and trust. This is where we have to, we have to bring trust in trust that this is not happening to us. It is okay. The world is not going to end. If I have to reschedule some podcasts, yes, it may be annoying for me, but I will survive. And sometimes I feel like this is where um, God, universe, whatever you want to say, God does for you what you can't do for yourself. Oh yeah. So it's like, okay, I clearly, I need to be with her right now and she needs me. And I'm just going to accept that. I don't know what's best right now. I may think that I do, but I'm just going to accept that. I don't know what's best. I'm going to accept that now I get to show up for her 
And then the action would be to reschedule the podcast on a different day and then go and attend to her needs. And then you just let yourself be there. Then that's where you have to make the choice again to be fully present with your daughter. You took care of what you need to take care of to be with her. And now you need to be with her and not be like, gosh, I hate that I missed that. Oh, I wonder if I'll get the opportunity again. Oh, are they going to be upset with this is what I would think. Oh, they're going to be mad at me that now I have to change their schedule. It's like, no, you can't. This is the way it is. It's just the way it is. is. That's the day. That's the day. Yeah. And even if it wasn't something as extreme as like my daughter being sick, like maybe it was, I don't know, maybe you just wake up one day and you change your mind and you're like, you know what, this doesn't feel good. I don't want to do this today. Like I, you know, when I first scheduled the appointment, it felt good, but now it's like my, I'm aware that this does not feel aligned. I'm yes. aware. And so instead of just doing it anyways, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I feel is best now. And I'm going to either cancel this or reschedule this or figure something else out. And then The most important piece to this is resentment, that a lot of times what happens, at least from my experience, is that when I start to try and do it all is when resentment will build up. It's like I would try to like take care of my sick daughter and still do all of the things. Yes, yes, yes. And then I get resentful that I can't do it all instead of just, why don't why don't you just give it a rest? Mm. Get so bottled up and being perfect and trying to do it all and trying to get it all right that if you would just give it a rest... And just, and just trust that you are protected, trust that you are safe, trust that this is all working out in the way that it's supposed to be working out, you wouldn't have the resentment because resentment is nothing more than just a premeditated or an expectation, I should say. An expectation is nothing more than a premeditated resentment. So what happens is that we start having all these expectations of how things are supposed to go and how we're supposed to show up and how other people are supposed to show up for us and how my daughter's supposed to be and he's supposed to be and she's supposed to be and how the day's supposed to go. We wake up not even realizing that we already have all of these expectations of how the day is supposed to go. And when it doesn't go the way that we think it's supposed to go, boom, resentment. Mm. And so just by having that expectation that we think that we can predict the future and that we know what's best and that we know how it's all going to play out. We're setting ourselves up. We're, we're premeditating all of these resentments that are, that are going to come. So for me, I think another part of the acceptance piece is letting go of the expectation that I know best or that it's going to go the way that I think it's going to go. I think most of the time, you know, days, like most of the time, no, my daughter's not going to be sick. Most of the time I'm going to be able to get my work done. I'm to honor my schedule you know, to have the kind of day that I assumed that I was going to have. But we can't expect everything to always go the way that we think it's going to go, nor can we expect ourselves to be some kind of superhuman and get all, I mean, we're the ones that do this to ourselves. We're the ones that pack in our day. We're the ones that add all of this. And not only do we do it to ourselves, but these are the things that we said that we wanted. Like we wanted a family and we wanted a business and we wanted all these podcast episodes and we wanted this and we wanted that and we wanted that. And so it's in some ways, if you can, again, change your thought of like, look at all the miraculous, beautiful, amazing options that you're having coming at you all at once. It's just overwhelm is when we start to resist where we're, where we're at currently. And we're wanting it to change because it can be uncomfortable. But if you just see that as like, wow, these amazing choices, I had all of these opportunities to do something today. Well, I'm sure they're still going to be there tomorrow. 
yes. or the next day or the next day thinking that like, oh, if I don't do this right now, then I'm I won't get it. a chance again. And that's that scarcity right. mindset. That's I scarcity I've lived mindset. in that for so long. Like if I, if I don't, this person gave me this opportunity. If I don't take it right now, I'll never get it again. If I don't get the, this came my way, if I don't do this perfectly, I'll never get this chance again. You know, but that is going back to not believing that I have worth going back to my origin story that it goes back to like, that I'm not valuable, that I'm not worthy, that I have to people please, that I have to play this part and do what this person wants me to do to get the result that I feel like I need. When really it, it all comes down to figuring out which, oh God, there's so many parts to your book, but it all comes back to, which I love identifying our purpose. And then like, mm-hmm. there's so many steps to this, which is identifying your purpose, which is your why, which is different than your passions, which are your what, which that was a big distinction to me. Cause I always kind of like interchange purpose and passions. I kind of thought you yeah. can, but they're not. Your purpose is why you do anything, your big overarching message that you are contributing to the world. And then your passions are your gifts that you have naturally and your talents and your interests and all that, that help you get to your purpose, help you daily get, and then you got to have a vision and then you get your, your goals help you. I mean, there's so many things that you need to identify about why you're doing anything. And that you define that part so well, because once you know your purpose, and then you know what you're passionate about that gets you to your purpose. And then you have an overarching vision for your life and your purpose of what it is. And you know, like, what is the goal of every single thing you're doing? Then you start working in alignment with yourself. But that's mm-hmm. a huge thing. Like, I have, ha- I have really, I'm going to be like super honest with you. I have hit a wall and I'm like all around it with identifying my purpose because I have flowed from. Like I wanted to find, I relate so much to your book and like, I wanted to have value. I wanted people to think I was worthy. I didn't feel worthy. I was a people pleaser. I just kind of like slid into these opportunities and whatever people told me I was worth is what I believed. And I didn't necessarily like hold this value for myself because I didn't even know why I was valuable, but I kept moving forward towards my curiosity. And now I'm like at this point where I'm like, I know I have something, I know I am contributing, but I cannot define the purpose of it, like of what it is. And that has been really hard for me to identify. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. And you do such a great job of offering um, structure and a method to identifying your purpose. So talk to me about the importance of purpose, because I feel like everything sort of centers on that. Do you? Uh, Yeah, I I agree with that. The first thing that I would love to encourage anyone that's listening to this is that you can't get your purpose wrong. And so I think that when we get in this idea of overthinking it, that it has to be this way or that way, it's like you can't get it wrong. It really is. I, I think a lot of times when we start to get in that in that feeling of, you know, your purpose is your why. Simply put, your your purpose is the kind of impact and legacy that you want to make on the world around you. And, you know, even if this is, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, you know, and and you're thinking the world around me, like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't have a big job. I don't have this. I don't have that. It's like, but the legacy that you're leaving on your children is massive, like their world. Like, what kind of legacy do you want to leave on the world in which, you are inundated with every single day. So this could be for your family. This could be for your business. This could be for, you know, uh, charities that you're a part of. This could be for, you know, if you are involved in your children's school, whatever that is for you, if it's a creative endeavor, but your purpose is really, you know, why do you, and I say this a lot because I work with a lot of people who want to build brands on social media. I'm like, why do you want to pick up your phone and post? 
Mm. Why? Like, what's the real reason behind that? What that can also do for you is start to reveal if there's, if there's anything within the origin story that's, that's pulling you to do that. Like, is it that you want attention? Is it that you want validation? Is it that you want to feel worthy? Is it that you want to be seen, want to be heard? Okay. Well, why? Like, let's really get to the root of like, what, what cracks you open for that? So when I kind of went through that, um, I really found that it, you know, for me, it was like freedom. You know, I, I just, I really wanted the freedom to live my life on my own terms. So it doesn't have to be this like, you know, cosmic mystical thing. Like it can be, you know, but it's, it can be something as simple as, you know, I want to, you know, my purpose is to, is to, when I'm with my family to get as much quality time with them as possible. That's my purpose in life. Or my purpose is to connect with people in a really deep and meaningful way. My purpose is to help people build the business of their dreams. My purpose is, you know, freedom, you know, for me to live life and to work on my own terms. And so, to me, I think it's about identifying what you want. And for those who feel like they don't know, like they can't get what they want because they don't know what they want. I always tell them, well, we always know what it is that we don't want. So start there because knowing what it is that you don't want will reveal to you what it is that you do want. Mm -hmm. So identify what it is that you want, because that's going to kind of help you lock in your purpose and just let that be enough. I think that what happens is that we keep asking this question of like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? When really we already know the answer to that because it's it's in that deep rooted wisdom inside of us, but we're not receiving the answer because we're so bottled up in the question. So it's like, just give it a rest. We've done our due diligence. There's nothing more that we can do except just stay rooted in that idea of what really lights me up, what makes me feel expansive. You know, when people come to me for support or guidance, you know, what really makes me feel good about that? And that's going to kind of find that direction for you and your purpose and your passions. That's how we just activate the purpose. You know, it's like maybe you volunteer at your children's school. So that's a passion of yours. Maybe you write books. That's a passion of yours. Maybe you want to start your own business or you have your own business and you support other women. And that's a passion of yours. Maybe you sing, maybe you are a photographer, maybe you, you know, paint. That's the passion. That's the things that activate the purpose. And what I always say is that passions can change over time. And I mean, Caroline, we've known each other for a very long time. We've seen each other go through so many different iterations of passions, but it all roots back to that core why, that core purpose of, of why, you know, it would be so easy for all of us just to sit in bed all day. So yeah. what motivates us to get out and to to make a lasting impact in the world and, and the people around us that we love? That's such a good point. So <clears throat> tell me if I am, if this is, if I'm, if I'm getting this clear, I'm just going to use myself as an example. Okay. So purpose. Okay. So my purpose, I feel like is, I don't have this one defined yet, but like, I want to have financial freedom on my own terms. So I can be with my family, have an adventurous, thriving life with my family. And also then this would go into my vision. I want, I wrote this down last night because of you. I feel like my vision is I, what I want to contribute is guiding broken hearts to healing through sharing superstar stories of how to smash limiting beliefs and live the life of your dreams. Like I feel like I am a place where I have access to a lot of incredible people who have totally broken through their limiting stories and shared their entire journey and people can identify themselves in it. Like, I don't feel, cause like where I struggle too, is like, 
financially, like, I don't feel like I have anything to contribute that could make money. And I know that's not true, but I'm like, interesting "Hmm." story that you tell yourself because I've always sort of skated from one thing to the next. And I like, because I was looking for value and I went into the entertainment industry to find value and worth. And I linked up with Jen, who's John Wayne's granddaughter and Taylor, who's Loretta Lynn's granddaughter. And they had all the value and their grandparents' name. So I just was kind of like with them, but I contributed, but I never felt as valuable. And this is the story of my life. I've never felt as valuable as the people I've been with. And so I felt like I've just sort of been there, like contributing, but not really, I could be replaceable is how I've always felt. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. then I moved into the amazing, that led me to like the amazing race with Jen again. And like, I sort of, I felt like I was valuable again, but like, once again, she's like, got the family name. John Wayne is her grandfather. So I kind of feel like, yes, I'm contributing, but But I'm not That's a story, but I'm not the valuable piece. I know. I know. So I would, I would get curious on what's the payoff and you telling yourself that you're not valuable. (sighs) Because I also feel like I don't have skills. I feel like I don't have skills and I'm not good with money. So because I'm not valuable or I'm not as valuable, then I kind of just am there, but I don't know how to manage money. I feel like very similar to what you said. I don't feel like I'm good with numbers. I don't feel like I know how to manage money. And I don't feel like I'm deserving of receiving money because I don't have a expertise or skill set that is highly desired. I'm sort of just like always there. Like contributing, do you want to like do you want to know how to manage money better? I don't necessarily care about knowing how to manage money better. I just want okay. to have it managed. <laughs> okay. So when you and when you were talking about contributing earlier, do you want to be able to contribute to your family more financially so you yes. can do more of the things? Yes. Okay. Yes. So is the thought that you're telling yourself that you're not valuable and you're not good with money getting you closer to that? No, definitely okay. not. So what do you think would? I think, and I, in your book, you're like saying like, I love money. I am a magnet for money. I'm great with like, what do I, what do I do if I don't feel like I'm great with money? Well, the only way to feel it's, it starts with the feeling, but what I think that happens a lot and what I mean by the payoff is that a lot of times when we tell ourselves those things, the payoff is we don't actually go and learn the tools that we need to learn to become better at the very thing that we're not saying that we're great at. So that was my, like, I, for years, I just told myself I'm not good with math and I'm not good with numbers. So guess what that kept me from understanding numbers and getting better at math. So what did you do to change that? I had to, I, I got a financial and here's the thing. I'm not some math whiz, but I did have to start learning more things conceptually because the problem wasn't that I wasn't good with numbers. The problem was that I, that's a learned, that's just, that's a learned tool. I had to read a lot of books. I had to start learning how to budget money. I couldn't hide from that anymore. I didn't want to become a freaking like accountant, but I did have to start learning at it from a conceptual standpoint. I also got coaches, financial coaches that started helping me and training me on the things that I wasn't. And again, that was my awareness. I'm Mm -hmm. not strong in this area. So I need to go and find someone who is so I can learn things. I really had to start taking responsibility for learning the very things that I needed to learn that was going to get me closer to that freedom piece. And another thing that you said earlier about because I know that there's a lot of probably women listening to listening to this and just the fact of the matter is in, in their home that they're not the breadwinners of their family, right? Like their husbands may make, maybe they're stay-at-home moms or maybe they work part-time and maybe they want that. They're like, Julie, 
I don't want to make a million dollars. Like I want to work part time so I can go to TJ Maxx and buy my jeans and like hang out with my kids. Like that's to me, that's my purpose. And I'm like, great. So let's dive into that. And I have a great example. There's a woman that I coached and this is in the book a couple of years ago. And she was saying the same thing. She was like, you know, I just don't ever feel like my side hustle job is really contributing because my husband is the primary breadwinner. And then I start to feel guilty that I have this job. You know, I have this side hustle dream because it's just taking time away from my kids when I could be spending time with them. And so it's like, does it really even matter? And I asked her, I said, well, well, let's say that, okay, like your husband, let's say that like, you know, 90, you know, like 99% of, of everything is taken care of that you need from him. Well, let's talk about like, what are some other things? Like, what are your dreams? Like if you could do something incredible for your family, if, if your purpose is to, you know, is to, to have a quality life with your children, what would that look like for you? And she was like, well, I, I've, I've always dreamed of taking them on like a really amazing trip. Like I want to go to Italy. Like my dream is to spend summers in Italy with my family, but I'm just, I don't even want to say it out loud because it just sounds so unrealistic. Like I know it's never going to happen. And I'm like, well, how do you know it's never going to happen? And she's, you know, and so she had all these stories about how it never happened. And I just finally said, well, let's just stop for a moment. Let's just think that maybe, maybe the reason why you have your side hustle is because you pay for the summers in Italy. Your husband pays for everything else, but maybe that's how you're going to contribute to your family by that. And she, and it just like unlocked something in her. She was like, oh my gosh, now I have a purpose. For why I'm doing this. Yeah, that's why I'm doing this because I'm going to be, that's going to be my gift to my family. And now I don't have to wait five years, 10 years, 15 years for us to save the money to do it because my husband's already working so hard. I can't, you know, so it's like, that's why I'm doing this. And it completely reshifted her, her why. And it gave her this really tangible, focused goal of, and then, and then from there, we were able to get simply just like, I'm like, okay, so what does that look like? How much does it actually cost for your family to go to Italy every summer? Let's crunch the numbers. And we, you know, it's like, and she had to do all of this. It took a little bit of work, but she looked up all the flights. She looked up the locations of where she would want to stay. She looked up certain restaurants she would want to go to. So she could start to formulate some sort of budget because we need a number in mind. And then she came back and she was like, okay, So if we go for, you know, a month, it would cost this. If we go for two months, it would cost that. And I'm like, okay, great. So now that we have that, how much money do you need to make, you know, between now and when you want to go a month to be able to pay for that? And she was able to actually put herself on a, on a goal, like a budget goal every single month. And what this also did is this allowed her this freedom to say, if I only need to make, you know, $5,000 a month, I don't need to be taking on all these clients. Like I can just, I can just work with these three people, make $5,000 a month, you know, save it all and hang out with my kids. And then in X amount of months, we're going to be able to go to Italy and we're going to use all of this money that I've saved to have the most um, trip of a lifetime. And I'm not going to nickel and dime it. We're going to do exactly what we want to do. And so it's just kind of, it's first getting really clear on, on, on what is your dream? Like without fear of failure, like just say it out loud and then let's reverse engineer it to actually make it practical, practical and tangible for what it is that you want. And when we do that, what we start to do is that we're not focused on the husband, his money, the, this, the, that, that we're we're focused on the goal. 
And the mm. goal is for you to have this experience with your children. And this is how much it, it's going to cost. And this is how many clients you need to take on for however many months in order to achieve this goal. Now go do it. And she Amazing. was able to, to really map it out. And so that's what I want to say. And for you, Caroline, if anyone's having trouble with that, if you don't feel like you're the primary breadwinner or if just you know, it's not important to you. It's like, well, what is important to you and, and how, how can you show up and contribute to your family in that way? The thing is like, I do financially pretty well, but I don't know how I'm doing it. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's just always coming in randomly. I feel very unstable with it. I feel very like, so I get them in random little bouts all over the place. Cause I have all these things that I do that are just sort of like, but in that I, I haven't tied it together. I feel a little scattered and I don't, God, I I mean, literally, this is why everyone needs to like read your book and take your classes because like, I need to talk to you for six months every day. But my question is like, for someone like me, you know me really well. Like I, why don't I know, why can't I identify any of my expertise? Like, I don't know what I'm good at, like in my mind. And I know these are limiting stories. Like, I feel like I don't have something that somebody would want to pay money for. Well, here, here's the thing. When I hear people say that, I, I start to say, well, is it that you really don't know what it is that you're good at? Or are you afraid of like honing it down? I think mine is, I don't know what I'm good at. I know I'm good at connecting with people and I know I'm great at seeing the soul of people's stories. Like I know those two things, but I'm like, how do you turn this into a job? Because like, I don't feel like I have the ability to give someone an instruction manual like a, a coach type thing, which I know like a lot of people are coaches, but like, I don't feel like I would know how to coach someone or what would I even tell them? Like, right. I don't, and, you know, and maybe that's not it. You know, it's like, it's about, it's about you getting really clear and not, and that's why I have the steps that I talk about, you know, what, if, if you're wanting to create something like a side hustle, if we're talking about somebody who wants to take a purpose and a passion and monetize it, you, there is a, there is a balance between, you know, what, what really lights you up that you're going to be excited about? Cause if you're not excited about something, it's not going to be successful because you're not going to show up for it in the same way. And at the same time, what, what would someone happily pay you money for? And that's when you really have to start. It's, it's not as much about soul searching as it is about seeking out who those potential, who would be an ideal customer for you based off of what you would create and what is it that they're looking for and what is it that they want? For some people, it's programs, it's coaching. For other people, they, you know, they launch, you know, merchandise and beauty lines and books. And for, for some people that I know, they speak on stages and that's how they show up and support people. So you don't have to try to fit yourself in a box. It's more of, you know, you know your purpose because you just mentioned it and what people connect to you most. So how do you, how do you want to bring that out into the world in a way that lights you up and at the same time gives them what they need and what they want in return? Mm. And that's, that's where that mutual exchange kind of comes in. So it's about what is your offer? And if you don't know that yet, it's about getting clear on, well, what, what do I think? Even if you don't know, you can kind of make it up in the beginning. What do I think people would come to me for? What are they already coming to me for? You know, maybe when I'm just out and about or, you know, the DMs that I get or, you know, friends or relatives or whatever, when they come to me for help, for support, for advice, what are the things that they're coming to me for? What are they talking about? And is there something here that will usually spot a good, like shine a good light as to the direction that you can take. And then when it comes to how you bring that out, that's just a lot of testing, you know, trying different things out. 
Yeah, trying different things out, seeing what fits, seeing what aligns, seeing what sticks. And you don't just do it once and then say, well, that didn't work and you move on. You really do have to kind of root in it and embody it and see like, hey, does, does this fit? Do I like this? Um, and see what comes from that. So that's kind of, you know, in the most conceptualized way that I could share, you know, to get started in that. And that's why this is a process. And I love that you put this in the, the end of your book, talking about masterminds. I'm about to do my first mastermind with Kathy Heller because I interviewed her and you're about to go on her podcast, which I'm going to be tuning into. Yeah, she's I, a dear friend of mine. You will love her. Well, I wasn't like masterminds weren't on my radar. Like I didn't even really know what they were until I interviewed with her. And I was like, all of a sudden I was like, I found myself jealous of her in a way that was like, not like in a jealousy, like, oh my God, I don't want you to see it. Like in a way of like, holy cow, like I love, besides the courses and stuff, but like how she's living, how she's vibing, how she's podcasting, who she's interviewing. I mean, the same with you too. It's like, all of a sudden I'm like, I love the way you are living your life. And like, I feel like I could see myself in some sort of relationship uh, uh, with my career like that. And so then at the end of it, she's like, well, I have this mastermind. And honestly, I think you should think about it. And I was like, well, okay, what is it? And then I was like, I, my whole body was just like, hell yes. Even though like I have never invested in myself financially like this, but I feel like, and like your book came to me at the same time as all this is happening. And I'm like, I feel like it's a time where I have to do some work on myself and like mm -hmm. get into some courses. And like, eventually I want to take your course too. Like I want to just like, I'm in this season where I'm like, I know I need to be surrounded by people who have done the work and can instill it in me in a, in a way that I don't know how. And I think that that's so cool that you have benefited so much from masterminds and you, you offer masterminds, right? I do. Yeah. And I, you know, a mastermind is just, it's, it's a collective group of people that come together to support one another in getting to the next level of wherever, wherever it is that they're going. And so there's, there's all different types of masterminds. You could have some on business, you could have some on personal development, you could have them on, you know, certain kinds of growth strategies. I mean, there's masterminds out there for people who want to, you know, invest in commercial real estate. I mean, there's masterminds for every different type of thing. But for me, what I really believe in, um, once you figure out what it is that you want to do, and a great indication of that is exactly what you just said. If you spot it, you got it. Meaning if you see someone showing up and living a life that you aspire to have, that is the universe reflecting back to you what it is that you desire deeply. And I love what you said about like, it, it kind of like triggered me. Like I wasn't jealous of her in a bad way, but I saw that and you're like, I want that. I like, want that. I, I want to have what she has. And also and like, I know I can do it. Like my, my, in, my instinct was like, I want that. And I know I'm capable of it. I just right. know I don't have the tools going on within me right now. Or right. the mindset. Like I want it. I know it's possible, and and I and I want to move forward with it. And that's a great place to do that. Is in a mastermind. The biggest feedback that I tell somebody is that no matter if you're going to hire a coach, a therapist, um, you know, start working with with someone online to build a business. If you want to join someone's mastermind, you want to make sure that you are learning from someone who who has done what it is that you are wanting to do. Yes. The biggest way to not succeed is by aligning with somebody and having all of these expectations. And if they haven't really walked the walk and done what it is that you're trying to do, it's going to be hard 
for them to really hold space for you. The other important factor is that you can't just assume that you're going to hire someone and then automatically all of your dreams are going to come true. <laughs> right. Like you have to show up. You have to do the work. Um, you know, I, I run an online business, as you know, Caroline, I have a ton of, you know, courses and coaching programs and masterminds and all of that stuff where I support people. And the, I've been doing this for almost 10 years now. And That's the incredible, number one, Julie, Thank you. The Incredible. number one feedback that I are indicator that I always see that if if someone's like this doesn't work for me, it's not working for me. They don't do the work. They don't show up for the calls. They don't complete the program. You know, they're they're like, well, I thought that I was going to come into this and like I was going to just learn this crazy new concept and like this magic wand was going to be waved over me and my life was going to change. And I'm like. It is 2022. No <laughs> one is reinventing the will. Yes, everyone has their formulas and their methods that work. I mean, that's why the cream always rises to the top. But you have to admit, like, what's your part to play in believing that? It's about you showing up, being open-minded to like, hey, I don't know everything. Maybe there is something to be learned here. Even if I think that I already know all of this, Maybe there's something new, some new perspective, some new thought pattern to be learned here. Because I'll give you a great example. Kathy Heller, incredible person. She, she teaches about abundance. Thought leaders have been teaching about abundance for the last 60 plus years, but it's the way that she does it and it's her process and it's how she shows up and it's how she holds space and it's how she reflects things back to you that is going to get you the results that you're looking for. Not the fact that she teaches on abundance. Right. Me. One of the things that I teach on is empowerment. I didn't invent empowerment. I'm not the first person to coach about empowerment, but it's it's my perspective and it's my experiences and it's what I bring to the table and it's how I create the space and it's how I hold the space and it's the other women that I bring together that allows that allows for it to happen. And so that's the thing that I I really implore people that no matter if they're just, you know, kind of help curious. You know, it's like whatever they've been doing in their lives is no longer working. They're sick and tired of being sick and tired. They've hit that plateau. They're tired of just running the muck, not getting the results that they're wanting. And they're flirting with this idea of maybe I can be coachable. Maybe I can be teachable. Maybe there's something new to be learned here. Follow that, follow that inkling, follow that path and just be ready to be there, be ready to, to give it all. That's really why a lot of masterminds cost so much money because you don't want people in there that are one foot in and one foot out. Yeah, You yes. want people in there that are ready to invest. That's all that investment is. If you're investing money into something, that is just an exchange of energy. You yes. kind of want it to hurt. Like to give your money to somebody yes. else, you want to be like, oh my gosh, this is like hurting this. I've never invested. Because in now you're committed and you're going to do the work. And I felt right. that like I have never invested in myself like this. And like when I did it, I was sort of like, oh shit. But then I was like, oh my God, I feel liberated. Like I feel yes. excited that I believe in myself enough to want to do work to invest in myself. Like it is, yes. it is a freedom. And you have a course called, and I'm going to wrap up. Oh my God. I cannot wait to do your book event on June 7th. That's when it is, right? Yeah. June 7th. Yeah, that's when the, that's when the book comes out. And then we're having a workshop later this summer. Okay. So we're going to do a live book event and I just like literally cannot wait for it. And I get to do question and answers with you. Um, but you have created this signature course that is still like going strong. It's called pitch it perfect. And it, it teaches anybody who wants to start. It's a great jumping board into getting into this, understanding this realm, understanding your worth, pitching yourself, figuring out what you can even pitch of yourself. And you teach people who have literally, you don't have to have 
a huge social media following. You don't have to have like some online presence or some sort of like magical thing about you that makes you stand out. You teach people how to identify what is their special secret sauce and pitch that and then frame it in a way to pitch it. Set yourself up with brands and why like you walk people through this step-by-step process of how to pitch yourself, which is such an art. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's part personal branding and then part pitching. Um, and so, yeah, I teach people who want to, they want to build a brand online and they want to be able to monetize that, but they don't know how to do it. And, um, that's why a follower number doesn't matter because we're actually building the personal brand. I've had, I've had people that have 300 followers that have been able to make, you know, over a thousand dollars with a brand partnership. So it's really not about the follower number to me. It's about building your confidence, building that personal brand, really honing in and niching down on what it is, the kind of content that you're going to create and how you're going to show up as a brand, and then being able to monetize that through pitching and negotiating. And, you know, I think that the biggest takeaway for that is that it's foundational. So it doesn't matter like TikTok's now the new rage. A year from now, it's going to be something else. Five years ago, and you know, Instagram stories didn't even exist. And I've been teaching this since 2016. We've had over 5,000 students go through it. I mean, it is, it's completely changed my life in business. It had massive impact and, you know, a lot of revenue generated and all of that stuff, which is great. But most importantly, you know, I think that the reason why it's a signature program and has been around as long as it has been is because it works and it's, it works because of the foundational elements to it. It doesn't matter if the algorithm changes or what new platform is going to come up. If you learn the foundations to really showing up and building a personal brand the right way, and then effectively articulating your value and your worth and learning how to pitch yourself and learning how to negotiate for what it is that you want, you can't lose. And, um, we're in the process of completely revamping that. And that's going to be, um, we have a revamp coming out later this year. Um, so I can show up and kind of coach more and offer more support in that, um, on a weekly basis, which is exciting, but yeah, it's one of my, you know, my favorite things to teach on is that art form of pitching and that skill set and why it's so important. And it's like the air we breathe, even when we don't realize it, we're pitching, we're pitching our kids on what to eat, yes. pitching our husband on what we want to watch for, for, you know, at, at night at the movie theater or whatever. So we, we might as well get really good at it. Yes. We use it in a way that really benefits, again, that purpose, what our core purpose is and getting it out into the world. Julie, I can't even tell you how inspired I am by you. Like what you have done with your life, the curiosity that you had to uncover all of this and then the commitment that you've had to deep dive into it, do the work, do the studying, find the teachers that have you have learned from implementing your own your own spin on everything and like uncovering all of this knowledge and sharing it with us in a method that actually can make sense that we can apply to our lives. Like you have done so much hard work that is so beneficial to people who are wanting to live from their purpose and get what they want. And uh, your book says it all, how to go from unseen to unstoppable. It's for anybody. That's what I love. It's not just for people who already have something going, who are already like are in this like world of like influencing already or whatever. It's like anybody can do this and you show them how with these methods. And it's incredible Thank you for your contribution to the world, what you are doing, how you are helping people align with their purpose, live from their purpose, feel like they have a purposeful life that you have to feel so proud of the legacy you're leaving with your impact of your work and that you found this, you dug this out, you created this for yourself. I mean, that is just huge. 
You wanted oh, this. Thank you, Caroline. Yeah. It's been such a fun ride. I'm so excited. I mean, at the time that we're talking about this, the book's not even out yet. And so it's like, I feel like it's been a part of me for so long. I'm ready for it just to kind of get out and let people experience it and have their own experience with it. Um, you know, for, for some who are really ready to dig in and, and reflect on their lives and what it is that they truly want, I think it's going to be very transformative for them. And the ones who may not be ready, well, you know that it's 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 here. So maybe a year from now or five years from now, when you're finally ready, you can come back to it and it's, it's always going to be here. So I'm really excited to show the world um, just more of my story. And um, yeah, and we'll see where it goes. I always leave with leave your light. What do you want people to know? I want people to know that they can't hide themselves and expect to be seen. <sighs> you drop these nuggets that throughout your book all over the place. It's like, how, you are so brilliant. You're so brilliant. You're just like, you just, oh God, Julie, that's amazing. Where can everyone find you? If someone's ready for a mastermind, if somebody's ready for Pitch It Perfect, if somebody's ready to take this next step, be read the book, but then take it to the next level. Where can we find you and get all the information to what you offer? Yes. So you can find me. I tend to hang out most on Instagram. I'm at Joel's J-U-L-S Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N. You can also, um, wherever books are sold, you can grab the book or the audible. If you love audiobooks. you can also find me, um, on the influencer podcast. I drop a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you love to listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, it's all there. And then juliesolomon.net is my website where you can learn other ways in which you can work with me and just learn more about my methods and my process and how I coach. And then I do have a virtual event happening later this summer. If you buy the book and then just submit your order number, at juliesolomon.net slash get what you want. You can grab um, a free ticket to that. And if you're in Nashville, that's what you were talking about earlier. If you're in Nashville on June 7th, you can join me and Caroline for an in-person live event. It's going to be a book launch slash live podcast event. I've never done a live podcast event, so I'm so excited for this. Caroline is going to be our amazing MC and uh, going to be really leading a beautiful conversation that evening. So if you're in the Nashville area, June 7th, you can go to juliesolomon.net slash event to get all the details to that and join us on June 7th. Julie. I just feel, I feel so lucky to be aligned with you because that at least lets me know that I'm in the right vibration. Like I am like oh, attracting so and with the people that inspire me. And I'm just so thankful to have you as a friend, to have you as a mentor, to have you as someone that I just look to for so much wisdom and knowledge. And honestly, I cannot wait to dive into your classes more. Cause I feel like I am now just, in, just embarking on this journey where I'm ready for these things. Like it took me till yes. now to feel like I was ready to even receive this information. Cause I had, I hadn't gotten to a place where I was even like able to understand what this meant. <laughs> and yeah. now it's, you know, like you have to, like your brain has to understand what you're even, what you're even, what you're even working with. And now I'm like, okay, I am ready for teachers and you are such a great teacher. Thank you for sharing with me. Thank you for coming on. And I just love you dearly. And this book is incredible. Everyone needs to get it. Get what you want. Just keep it in your life. And like you said, if you're not ready for it now, get it. You will be ready for this and it will change your life. You're amazing, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Okay, I'll see you soon. Thank you. All right, see you soon. Bye.